America, a land of far-left radical ideas and values so quickly becoming mainstream. And do not wait for anybody else to do anything about it. The media elite can't care. They actually support a lot of this stuff. And we all know about the Biden administration. This is Abrar Omish. She is a school board member in Fairfax County, Virginia. She spoke at a recent high school graduation with a very peculiar message for the students. The world sees the accolade, the diploma, the fruit of all your years. Yet be reminded of the details of your struggle. Recuerden la lucha y que ustedes ya la vencieron. Tadakkaru nidal wal jihad alladhi qaddamtumuhu litatuhuna. Jihad, holy war. And she's uttering that word about seven miles from the Pentagon, where a lot of people died on September 11, 2001. This is a 20-something who, by the way, looks a lot like AOC, doesn't she? My objections have nothing to do with her religion or her garb or anything like that. Hey, it's, uh, this is America. It's open to everybody. But her ideas, they are dangerous. They are anti-American. And they're just out there and nobody seems to care. This barely made a dent in the media. She's speaking at a high school graduation. Take a look. She's a school board member. And um, most of the press, which is quite frankly, strictly local, has been relatively supportive of her uttering stuff about jihad at a high school graduation. This is the new normal. I don't accept it. I don't think you accept it. We've got to stand up within the law and call it out and fight however we can, again, within the law. Joe Biden, he's not going to stop any of this. By the way, what did he do today? It's our greatest strength as we meet our challenges of the future, and there are many. And everyone, everyone in that room today understood the shared appreciation, quite frankly, that America is back. All right. That's the NATO summit, by the way, in Brussels. America is back. America almost didn't show up today for some peculiar reason. Uh, Joe Biden left the press waiting for two hours, then gave an opening statement that killed a lot of time and had time for about four or so questions. And America's back, that is a campaign slogan. Give me a break. Donald Trump engaged all of these bodies, NATO, G7, and quite frankly, he's done more of it than at this point. Uh, Joe Biden, I mean, he's an experienced four years as president. Is Joe Biden going to make it there? Some people are wondering. How did Joe do and how is he doing on this big international trip, his first as president? Well, we don't know about the substance. A lot of that is clo behind closed doors. But we do know the optics, and the optics have not been good. You see Joe bringing up the rear? It's, I don't think that's where the president should be. There he is. Symbolic? Sure. What's Justin Trudeau doing up there at the very front, escorting the queen? Think Donald Trump would be walking in the back unnoticed? How about this? This is perhaps the most bizarre moment I've ever seen from any president. How are your meetings going in Cornwall, Mr. President? How are your meetings going here in Cornwall? Very well. Come on. 
I don't know, from the sneakers to Jill jumping into the rescue, all very, very bad. And these silly jokes about his staff being angry with him again. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to get in trouble with staff. I don't do this the right way. Jennifer Jacob Bloomberg. It's not funny and it's not cute and it raises all kinds of questions. Joe is 78 years old. Who are his staff? Who's making him feel like he's in trouble all the time? And how about this? And I wanted to ask you, when you're having these conversations with European allies who are very concerned about these sanctions, how do you justify that? And what are your plans? 120 days. Give me a break. Give us a break, Joe. Why are you doing that? Why are you talking? Like that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, but he thinks he's charming. And uh, hey, I'll tell you this about Joe. He was able to handle the group video session very well. He was wearing a beautiful new suit. And you, you see him there. You see him right about there in the middle just about now. No mistakes, just standing. And he did that very well. Better than Boris Johnson. Uh, Boris Johnson just, I mean, look, he, there, I mean, I know he's always had that tousled hair or whatever, but this was uh, bizarre. Remember Donald Trump? Now, they're all so grateful that they're not acting like this guy, this brute who just pushed everybody out of the way. You know what? I kind of liked it. It was um, representative of our role, of him. You know what? Nobody stands in front of America. I liked it. And he wasn't there for a photo op. He wasn't there to get along. He was there to get things done, like get them to pay. You know, NATO members, they're supposed to pay for their defense, and they were behind. Trump is right about the NATO deadbeats. This is from the fake news three years ago. Also this, what's NATO focused on now with Trump out of the picture? Climate threat. Climate threat. A war on the climate threat. Did we really beat terrorism? Is it all over and done with? That's it? That's it? I don't think so. Folks, the Biden administration gave the Russians a great big concession. You know, there's this pipeline that Russia and Germany have wanted, but nobody else, for a lot of geopolitical reasons, thinks this is a good idea. The Trump administration, they were working to stop it. It was greenlit by Joe Biden. Yes. And this is how he's approaching his big meeting with Vladimir Putin by making a major concession. Now, Vladimir Putin, boy, people are talking about him like he is the most important person in the world. His influence for now seems to eclipse the American president. I'll tell you this about Vladimir Putin. He has a good chunk of the world figured out. Well, even now, I believe that former U.S. President, Mr. Trump, is an extraordinary individual, talented individual. Otherwise, he would not have become U.S. President. He's a colorful individual. You may like him or not. And, but he didn't come from the U.S. establishment. He had not been part of big-time politics before. And some like it, some don't like it. But that is a fact. Pretty good analysis. Spot on, actually. What about Vladimir Putin on Joe Biden? President Biden, of course, is radically different from Trump because President Biden is a career man. He has spent virtually his entire adulthood in politics. Just think of the number of years he spent in the Senate. A different kind of person. And it is my great hope that, yes, there are some advantages, some disadvantages, but there will not be any impulse-based movements on behalf of the sitting U.S. president. Impulse-based movements? Let's face it, that's what Trump was about. What's going to happen when Biden and Putin are in that room with the door closed? Who knows? And I hope Biden mops the floor with Putin. But given that he is that career politician, 
Most of his life has been spent raising money for his campaigns, asking for favors, doing favors, not real high-level negotiation. I'm not optimistic, and quite frankly, neither is the fake news. Listen to this. You know, there'll be no joint press conference uh, with these two. That's kind of standard. Donald Trump did it. It's not going to happen this way, this time. Why is that? Up next, of course, the Putin summit, the White House. We've talked about this a little bit this morning. The White House, no joint press conference. Is it really just because they decided they he would do it alone or is there more to it? I think there's a lot of potential for that joint press conference for the optics to be pretty bad. For the optics to be pretty bad. And then they left it at that. They changed the subject. No more. They're not telling their audience the truth that they know. They know that Joe Biden is no match for Vladimir Putin. Given everything we know, that Joe Biden struggles making it through a rudimentary press conference, he's not quick on his feet, he's lost half the time. They know that, but they don't share it with their viewers. Why is that? I don't know, actually. They don't trust the viewers. Are they that all woke left? They certainly covered for him during the campaign, and now they're doing it that he's president. Stay with us. We've got some great stuff ahead. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Sorry, got to carry it away with that one. Folks, here in New York City, the fake news does not get it. And you know what? Unfortunately, a lot of people rely on them and they're being let down. What am I getting at? We have a mayor's race about to happen here. Now, this should be the biggest story in the universe, at least here in New York, and it's not. No one's talking about it. We have had eight years of far left rule, and now it looks like we're going to get at least four more years. New York City is a city in rapid decline. Homelessness is everywhere. Crime is totally skyrocketing. And the system is now rigged to help Democrats. We're having an election in June, in June. No one's talking about an election in June. They're talking about the beach. That's where their head is at right now. No one is talking about these candidates. The media have totally let down the people. And it looks like we're going to get a wild man or woman as mayor. One of those people who talks about defunding the police, actually taking the guns away from cops. This stuff is actually on the table right now. People are talking about it, and they're not being laughed off the stage. This city underwent an amazing transformation in 1994 with Rudy Giuliani, and later in 2001, 2002, with Mayor Mike Bloomberg. Two Republicans. And before them, there was a Democrat who wasn't crazy, Dave Dinkins, who arranged 5,000 new cops to be deployed. None of these candidates are, are talking. They're not making sense about where we are right now, and it's gonna happen to a community close to you, maybe your community, if, if, I don't know, we don't stand up and start running for some of these smaller offices, school board, city council, people are talking about that, it's worthy of discussion. We need more sane people in political life. Also, this. We have it in our power to begin the world over again. The Reagans reinforced a myth of America that hurt many, many people. 
The country is headed into the worst recession. They see the First Lady redecorating the White House. Unfair criticism. You dust off. But as long as the people buying the tickets liked it, that's all that counts. We're all the heroes of our own stories. They were just a little better at it. He wasn't just a Manchurian candidate. They believed it. God bless you. And good night. So this documentary about the Reagans has been out for some time. It is a total hit piece, or at least in its intended hit piece. Now, everybody they interview almost hates the Reagans, including, unfortunately, well, at least he had nothing kind to say about his parents. Uh, Ron Reagan Jr. is in this documentary, and he's insulting them, calling them liars, calling them weird. He's made a career out of, uh, well, saying nasty things about his uh, folks. Sorry. But you know what? None of it matters. If you like the Reagans, you probably should watch this documentary. So there was a guy named Michael Deaver, who was a deputy chief of staff to Ronald Reagan. There he is on the right. And you know what? He used to call Sam Donaldson after some of those nasty reports he would do every night and thank Sam for his work. Sam Donaldson was like, what are you talking about? I just did a nasty piece. He said, no, the American people see what the president is doing. They can hear him. They can sense him over your words. And the same happens actually in this documentary. There's great archival footage. Uh, you see interviews that you may not have seen before. A lot of interesting things from Nancy. Forget the narrators. They're crazy, including Maya Wiley. For whatever reason, they interviewed Maya Wiley. And by the way, she's one of the... Uh, Extremists running for mayor of New York City. She's the one who won't commit to not taking the guns away from cops. Actually, here she is saying that. But will you take we, the guns away from the NYPD? I am not prepared to make that decision in a debate. It's on the table. She's going to study it. We'll form a commission to look at whether or not the cops can keep their guns. This is what we've got in New York City. Again, the Reagans, you may want to check it out if you're a fan of the Reagans as I am. All right, got to show you this. Uh, when you play the woke game, maybe there's no winning. Have you heard of Lin-Manuel Miranda? His latest project is called In the Heights, and it's actually a movie based on a musical he did some years ago before Hamilton. This is the same guy who did Hamilton. Who remembers Hamilton? Again with the Hamilton. Vice President Pence showed up to see Hamilton. This is what they did to him. Not very nice. And after the show, he was vice president-elect back then, they lectured him for a long time. You know, it just it was not nice. And uh, whatever, this is where they are. They are to the left, uh, the crew, Lin-Manuel Miranda. But even if you're on the left, that may not be good enough for folks on the left. I mentioned In the Heights, this new movie. Take a look. Hey, looks like fun. I'll see it. Um, and by the way, it's appropriate that basically everybody in the movie is a person of color. That's great. Maybe. Uh, not great enough. Take a look at this headline, please. There's angst about diversity in a film like this. In the Heights receives backlash for lack of Afro-Latinx representation in the film. Let's go. 
Congratulations on In the Heights. It was a lovely musical. But as a Black woman of Cuban descent, specifically from New York City, it would be remiss of me to not acknowledge the fact that most of your principal actors were light-skinned or white-passing Latinx people. So with that, what are your thoughts on the lack of Black Latinx people represented in your film? Yeah, I mean, I think that that was something uh, we talked about and um, and I needed to be educated about, of course. In the end, you know, when we were looking at the cast, we tried to get the people who were best for those roles and that specifically. And we saw a lot of people, people like Daphne or Dasha. But I hear you on, um, you know, trying to fill those cast members with darker skin. I think that's that's I think that's a a, a, a really good conversation to have. This is Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's about as left as they come. Not him, but he created this whole thing. By the way, what is Latinx? We're going to get to that tomorrow. Um, all right. Now this. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives do matter. Not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only seem to care when a black person is taken by a white cop. No. All lives matter, all black lives matter, including the life of 15-year-old Terrell Bell, shot and killed Tuesday in Kansas City, Missouri. He recently finished his freshman year at Ruskin High School, where he was already a varsity football player, had his sights set on playing college ball at an historically black college, and coaches said he could be NFL material. He was a church-going student, walked his sisters to the bus stop every day, and loved to cook. His mom said she raised him to stay off the streets. I woke up so numb this morning. I just knew his school ring. The alarm clock went off for me to get him up from school. I didn't have no son to wake up. He got killed for nothing. A fight. It's not worth it. As I'm walking upstairs to get information on my son, I see another grieving mother. I, I just, mm. I knew her, 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 the look in her eyes, I just knew. Exactly. And I knew that was that mother, another mother. A young, young man, that's sad, like just families on top of families on top of families on top of families in one day. This is a vigil that was held last week. The person under arrest is a juvenile believed to be younger than 15 years old, the suspected shooter here. Terrell Bell shot and killed last week. He was just 15 years old. We'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. The squad. <laughs> the media love them. Me, I'm not so fond. And also, uh, Republicans in the House of Representatives, especially not, Look at this. House GOP members to push for censure of the squad over Israel comments. They've all been terrible on Israel and, quite frankly, a lot of other issues. Congressman Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, joins us. Welcome back, Congressman. How are you? I'm doing fine, Greg. Good to be with you. So um, censuring the squad. Uh, high time, in my opinion. Some of their comments have been yeah. totally outrageous. How likely is this to pass? Well, I mean, we don't know. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. It should happen. The American people understand it should happen. But this is a question for Speaker Pelosi. Why, why isn't the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives supporting uh, this kind of action in light of what they the, equating 
equating terrorist groups to the United States, to our best friend and ally, the state of Israel. Um, this is how radical the left has become today. And you would think the Democrats would stand up to this within their own party. But I don't, uh, you know, what's the old expression? I'm not going to hold my breath because I don't think they're going to do it. In fact, she's actually sort of said, uh, you know, some of them are taken out of context and kind of embraced Miss uh, uh, Congresswoman uh, Omar. So we'll just have to wait and see. All right. Uh, by the way, they have just for a quick uh, recap, they've been terrible on just about everything. You mentioned uh, Ilan Omar. Let's go with that. I haven't seen any evidence in either cases that domestic courts can uh, both can and will prosecute alleged war crimes and crimes against humanity. And I would emphasize that in Israel and Palestine, uh, this includes crimes committed by both the Israeli security forces and Hamas. In Afghanistan, it includes crimes committed by the Af Afghan national government and the Taliban. Also, she minimized September 11, 2001. She called it something happened someday. It was just the most insulting comment. Yeah. Uh, but is there anything within the House rules that say you can't talk like this? Well, you got pretty wide latitude under the Constitution, particularly the rules of debate on the House House floor as, as a member of the United States Congress. So pretty wide latitude. Again, I come back to, Greg, I think this just underscores how radical the left is today. That, think, think back two months ago, there was a five-day period where the week started off with Congresswoman Tlaib saying that there should be no police, not just defund the police, there should be no police. The end of that week, if you remember, the trial judge admonished Maxine Waters for the ridiculous things she said while the jury was deliberating in the case in Minneapolis. And in between those two events, Democrats in the House of Representatives passed legislation to make D.C. a state so they would get two new United States Democrat senators, and the very next day introduced legislation to add four associate justices to the United States Supreme Court, packed the court. That all happened in a five-day time frame. So when we say that they are radical, and you couple all that with what we heard from Representative Omar, this just shows you how, how truly radical the Democrats have become. And I think the American people are waking up to all this. We'll, again, see if, if Speaker Pelosi will take action. I don't think she's going to. You know, uh, the American people are waking up, but the media, for the most part, are ignoring them. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you heard about this uh, woman who in Fairfax County gave a speech urging students to wage jihad. And there was barely a peep. Uh, a 25-year-old school board member said this in front of graduating high school seniors. Uh, the culture seems to be coming off the tracks a little bit. And I know that I know you're passionate. Do you feel like we're going to get this country back? Oh, yeah, we're going to take back the House in 18 months. I, I, I really believe that's going to happen. And I think President Trump's going to run for reelection uh, in 2024. I think he's going to be the next president of the United States. I think, again, when you look at the Biden administration, they, they don't have what, what are they going to talk about? The crisis on the border, the fact that inflation is driving up the price of everything, energy prices, the price of, of, of steel, lumber, aluminum, any supply, every you know, anything you buy at the grocery store is going to go up. Are they, are they going to talk about the tax increases that are coming? I mean, what have they got to talk about? The only thing they can talk about is is January 6th and try to hang on to this lockdown measures that were put in place with COVID. That seems to be what they want to focus on because they got nothing else. This has been the worst five months start of an administration probably in our lifetime, not probably, definitely in our lifetimes. We went from a secure border to chaos. We went from energy independence to gas lines. 
We went from peace in the Middle East to rockets, thousands of rockets being fired on our friend and ally Israel. And then, like I said, tax increases are coming and no employer can find employees today because I've been all over our district and every single employer tells me the same thing. So we're going to take it back. we got to hold them off for now, win back the House, win back the White House and put things back in order. Uh, speaking of Joe Biden, uh, he loves the squad, by the way. Take a look at this. AOC's brilliant, and the other three women we're talking about are really smart. I tell you what, Rashid, I want to say to you that uh, I admire your intellect, I admire your passion, and I admire your concern for so many other people. He is touched by that squad, isn't he? And this is a she just laid into him and basically came out in support of terrorists, as she has done consistently. How do you think Joe Biden's doing overseas, by the way? Well, this is this is actually scary, as you, as you know, Greg, and your viewers know that when you project weakness from the Oval Office and from the administration, it is it, there there be serious implications for that. And you know, I I point back to a couple months ago when our Secretary of State, Secretary Blinken, was up in uh, in Anchorage, and and across the table was his Chinese counterpart. And the treatment that our Secretary of State, the Secretary of State of the United States of America, the greatest nation in history, received from his Chinese counterpart, and frankly didn't push back. It, it, that would never happen to Mike Pompeo in a President Trump administration. Just no way. So I'm concerned about all that. And again, we're seeing some of it this this uh, last few days with uh, these past few days with with President Biden over in Europe. So um, look, I, like I say, we got to hold up, hold them off, try to stop the, the 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 bad policies from happening as best we can and win back the House in uh, in 18 months. Sounds like a plan. Congressman Jim Jordan, good luck, Republican of Ohio and to be continued. Thanks, Greg. Take care. All right. Grant Stinchfield is standing by. Grant, how are you? What's going on? I'm doing great, Greg. So, you know, uh, Joe Biden is letting everybody stay in America, including very violent, criminal, illegal aliens. Do you know who he wants to deport, Greg? An Afghani interpreter who worked with U.S. soldiers overseas to literally save their lives during the war on terror. He's here in the United States now. Joe Biden's administration wants that man deported. Uh, really sending him to a death sentence over there if he goes back. That's what the Taliban will do to him. We're going to tell his story and have him on the program tonight. So it should be a good one. Yeah, they helped us overseas. They helped us in Afghanistan, and uh, we turned our back on them. Not good. Good luck with that. We hope uh, maybe you can turn things around. Grant, have a good one, and we'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Ultimately, I'm always right. And he was right about a lot. Interesting statement from over the weekend from Donald Trump. He said, have you noticed they are now admitting I was right about everything they lied about before the election? And he went through a list of like 10 things. Take a look at it. Hydrochloroquine works. Hydroxychloroquine works, excuse me. The virus came from a Chinese lab. Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Lafayette Square was not cleared for a photo op. The Russian bounty story was fake, and it goes on. We did produce vaccines before the end of 2020 in record time. Blue state lockdowns didn't work. Schools should be reopened. Critical race theory is a disaster for our country and our schools. Our southern border security program was unprecedentedly successful. How about that for a list of uh, 
I think it's all incontrovertible at this point. Let's bring in our panel, please. We have with us Bruce Lavelle, Executive Director of the National Diversity Coalition for Trump, longtime advisor to President Trump, and Corey Lewandowski, Chairman of the MAGA Action Super PAC. Uh, and of course, he helped in 2016 big time. Gentlemen, wow. Uh, Bruce, first to you. That list yeah. is, in my opinion, like he has been vindicated on just about everything that used to be controversial. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Good evening. Well, I'll tell you, that's the short of the list. There, you know, if he had to put all the things I told you so, it had to have a whole booklet, to be honest with you, Greg, just to be fair. And by the way, thanks for uh, good to see my good brother from another mother, Corey. And you're right. I just want to say this from Newsvac. If it wasn't for Corey, President Trump would not sit in that Oval Office. So thank you, Corey, and tell all the Newsmax that. But yes, Greg, absolutely. The, the list goes on and on. And the president did say, I told you so. But, you know, listen, I hope that, you know, media outside of great Newsmax and other media will at least say, listen, we finally got the truth here. Are we going to print the truth? Are we going to tell the truth? Or are we just going to keep going on with the same old lie? I think the answer is in. They're going to keep on going on with the same old lie. <laughs> Corey, uh, the list is compelling. And by the way, you were there in the very early stages. Um, but seriously, I see no indication that the media is going to change regarding President Trump or Joe Biden protecting him. Well, of course, you're not going to change it. Bruce Lavelle knows this because he was there with us at the beginning when, when very few people were. You know, when you when you look back on the beginning of this campaign and you saw what Donald Trump outlined, there were a few people who stood by us the entire time. And Bruce was one of them. So it's great to be on. But, you know, look at the way the media has uh, has just actually uh, talked about Hunter Biden in the last few days. He uses the N word. No mention of it whatsoever. Uh -huh. You know, the cicada on Joe Biden's neck got more media attention than than Hunter Biden's use of the N-word. And now, of course, the laptop controversy continues. They said it was a mistake when they banned the New York Post from running that story. Donald Trump has been right time and time and time again. And what we are seeing is buyer's remorse. We see people who said, you know what, I didn't really like Trump's rhetoric, so I'm gonna vote him out of office. And Joe Biden gets in there. And what are we seeing? Buyer's remorse from everybody in America who wants to put America first. Those people who said it's okay to stand up for the flag and kneel for God, Joe Biden has been a laughing stock on the international stage uh, in the last few days. We've seen it in his body language and the way the other world leaders have treated him. It's time to bring tough leadership back home. That's why I'm looking forward to the 2024 election cycle already. Uh, 2022 before that. Hey, Bruce, look, I love President Trump. We all do. Uh, sometimes, sometimes he got in the way of his own message. I mean, let's face it, you know, the tweets, perhaps, uh, every now and then he got in his own way. You think he's internalized those lessons? Would a new, pre would a President Trump elected in 2024 be different? I disagree, Greg. I think the American people wanted the organic Donald Trump. They want the authenticity. They want the better or for worse. They want for richer, for poor. I know it's a marriage because essentially that's what it is. And that's what he promised to the American people. I don't want him to change uh, just because people don't feel good. We need we need someone that kind of come out here and tell it like it is. Now, granted, you know, if, if we start if he starts transforming to what people want him to be, he's going to go against everything that he promised that he wouldn't do is he wouldn't say, well, I'm going to speak presidential. I'm going to stand this way. We don't want that. We want the 100 percent pure, authentic 
cure Donald Trump again. That's what we want. And I, I think the American people will learn, if anything, you know, I really didn't care for this or that, but they got to remove the emotional, personal things out the side and look at the balance sheet, look at the accomplishments, look at where, where we were when, when before Joe Biden took down in the four years of a great economy that this president grew. So no, I, I got to push back when you're on this, Greg. We want, we want him to stay exactly the way he is, which is authentic <laughs> to the American people. Well, I think anyone would modify just a little bit. We all can improve. And by the way, good presidential impression. Mine's better. I can be so presidential, Bruce, your head will explode. I will be, I'll be like Abe Lincoln without the hat. Something like that, right? Abe Lincoln without, hey, I do want to play this. Uh, hydroxychloroquine. We are now seeing the studies that, yes, it's effective in treatment, especially with folks who have been intubated. Uh, and the media never consider that. Maybe Donald Trump had access to information they didn't. Take a look. President continuing to take this drug, hydroxychloroquine, continuing to make false claims about this drug, saying it cannot definitively harm you. As we well know, that is not the case. The president returns to peddling his alternative facts. The president says most of the country is virus free. That is false. And he says hydroxychloroquine saves lives. Also not true. Studies continue to show that there is no benefit from taking the drug hydroxychloroquine. Still, the president continues to push it. Uh, Corey, uh, to be kind, these are airheads. They don't know what they're talking about. They have access to no special information. They never conceded that maybe Donald Trump is getting reports, has access to people that they don't. Greg, remember who CNN has access to? One Jeffrey Tubin, who for seven months was suspended <laughs> for doing something on television that you're not allowed to do ever, okay? And they brought the guy back. So they have access to their own experts. The quote, chief legal analyst on CNN is a guy who was caught doing something so disgusting, I can't even tell your viewers what it was on television. That's who they're listening to. Well, the rest of the American people were listening to Donald Trump, who said, hey, let me tell you something. This virus started in the Wuhan laboratory, and you should look into it. We have so many people dead in this great country. 600,000 Americans have died from COVID-19, and we still don't have a commission to look into the origins of this. We know that Dr. Fauci has lied about it. We know that taxpayer money has gone into the Wuhan laboratory, and nobody has stood up a commission to look at these deaths. Three and a half million people dead worldwide, and we don't even know where this began yet. And we're listening to these experts, these so-called experts, vilify Donald Trump that hydroxychloroquine doesn't work, that closing your state was the right product mm. or the right model during COVID, that, uh, that, you know, that time and time again, they have been wrong and they vilified Donald Trump. And even Jonathan Carl from ABC had to come out last week and say, guess what? The media has egg on their face because most of us didn't believe the theory that this terrible disease, this COVID-19, could have potentially originated in a Wuhan laboratory. We should have been more serious about it. We should have delved into it. That's what the media is. They're a super PAC of the left, and they've got egg on their face. And Jeffrey Tubin, well, he's got something else on him. <laughs> what would that be? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. What was this thing that he did that was so, uh, you say, it's never been done ever before? Uh, not, Corey, not on television. don't say it. Well, uh, certain channels, <laughs> maybe. Therapy. Anyway, Don't Corey, worry. we're going to leave it at that. You too, Bruce. Stop laughing so hard. <laughs> He's in therapy. He's in therapy. Bruce Lavelle, thank you very much. Corey Lewandowski to be continued. Two gentlemen thank who were there at the very early. Oh, by the way, Je uh, June hey. 16th, Wednesday, is the six-year anniversary of 
Trump coming Greg, down the escalator. Happy birthday to President Trump today. It's his birthday. Happy yeah, 75th birthday, Mr. President. I know he's watching. Happy birthday. He does watch from time to time. I think he's one of those guys who doesn't really like to celebrate his birthday, if you know what I mean. I think you know? that's true. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, and I'll be right back. There's Joe Biden walking off, walking off at the rear, in the rear with the gear, as we used to say. Would Donald Trump be at the back of the pack? I don't think so. Anyway, watching Joe Biden is actually pretty interesting. The body language. We brought in a body language expert. People love it. I love it when we do this. We've got Scott Rouse back with us. He is a body language expert and analyst. He trains law enforcement and the military in interrogation and body language. Scott, welcome back. How are you? Hey, Greg, I'm doing great. How are you holding up? Terrific. Uh, let's uh, take a look at this. We've got clip number one. I would never have noticed this, but Biden's breathing, you say, caught your eye. Let's listen to it for a moment and then let's talk. Eight, uh, the global threats that we're is by working together and uh, with our partners and our allies. And I conveyed to each of the, my uh, G7 counterparts that the United States is going to do our part. America is back at the table. America is back at the table. Uh, all right. I just heard him talking, but you're the expert. You, you're, he took some breaths okay. there. Uh, what did you see? Well, this is uh, odd behavior for, for Joe because it's the what we call the common behavior for someone who isn't, uh, isn't prepared. Because as he's reading this, he's, he's going through it. He's trying to catch his breath. He's trying to, I think he's probably jet lagged is why. He's, and he's, he's tired. He's a little bit older. And as he's trying to think about what's coming up, what he's got to do after this, that's why he's doing those swallows in between there. So his, his breathing is a little bit rapid, which suggests he's probably a little bit nervous. Because he know, doesn't know what he's going to say yet. I, I would not have noticed that. You're right. You're totally right. That's, that comes through. All right, next. He's doing something with his hands that you notice again. Let's go ahead and play it. I think we're in a contest, not with China per se, but a contest with autocrats, autocratic governments around the world, as whether or not democracies can compete with them in the rapidly changing 21st century. All right, Scott. I saw him go like uh, this, but what does that mean? Well, that's his, he's back to normal at that point. Those are illustrators. Illustrators are the, are the things you use, everyone uses when they want it, their brain wants to emphasize specific words or phrases like I just did then, specific words or phrases. And his come up like this, and he gets very even, everything is symmetrical, and he starts talking. That shows us he's confident with what he's saying. He's prepared with that information. And we're going from not being prepared to being prepared. So we see a great uh, difference in unprepared versus prepared and when it comes to Joe Biden's body language in, in, in this case. So his baseline so far, we know. He uses a lot of, of illustrators, a lot of gestures. And in this one, when he was reading before and he was a little bit out of breath, he was a little bit nervous. That's why his breath, his breathing was a little bit rapid as well. That's why he was really still. And that's a little uncommon for him, unless he's in that situation. All right, now he met with Emmanuel Macron and by the way, at the end, I want to show people when Donald Trump was at the NATO summit, something he did with his body that was pretty wild. But first, Biden with the French President Emmanuel Macron. Let's take a look. Hey, man. 
Scott, that's that is strange. Why is he holding him like that? Uh, I'm talking about the French president. I think because he thinks Joe may need it, and maybe Joe does. Well, I, I, it's one of two things. It's one. It's a case where Joe knows everybody. He's been around forever, and, he, and maybe that that uh, you know Macron is seeing. Here's an old friend. You want to kind of pal around with him. Want to hang out with him? You can tell by the way he is. Not only is his hand on him, you can see his fingers are kind of pushed in, so he's pulling him toward him. That's one thing. The other thing it could be, I'm just giving you possibilities, it suggests or denotes that he is, um, it's an alpha move, in other words. So his hand goes up around him, high on the back, pulling him toward him, which pulls him a little bit off balance. And as you'll see in that in that pull-away shot, if you'll watch Macron's feet compared to Biden's feet, Biden's almost having to, to walk sideways. It's got him off balance a little bit. So, and that's that's an alpha move. That's what an alpha would do to someone else trying to become the alpha in that. Well, and I don't think in this situation he's uh, Biden's the alpha. Yeah, right. Well, hey, you want to see alpha? Let's go back a couple of years when President Trump was at the NATO summit. Watch this. I've never seen, like... This is raw American power in personified, <laughs> pushing everybody out of yeah. the way and saying, I'm here. I actually yeah. like this. I know some people are horrified. What do you see here? Well, that's that's him taking his place and saying, I'm the guy in charge. Here's where we're going to do this. Hey. Scoot over. I'm coming up. That's 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 classic Trump body language. And it's it's classic alpha body language. You are Moving brilliant. Saying, Here's my place. Brilliant my stuff. Place. BodyLanguageTactics.com. Go check out Scott Rouse's website, BodyLanguageTactics.com. Appreciate it, sir, very, very much. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. I love this flag. <laughs> One of the biggest, fattest lies, uh, most dishonest political commercials ever produced. Take a look. Some people are always in a hurry. They run when they could walk, race up steps when others take it slow. When Joe Biden's president, America is just going to have to keep up. <laughs> okay, now reality. Let's go overseas. This is Cornwall, Joe walking off with the team of European leaders. We put a little music to it. See Joe all the way in the back, pretending he has friends over there, just nodding to them. I'm sorry, but the president should be in the front. What's Justin Trudeau doing up there? This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like America. And everybody's so excited about Vladimir Putin. All the questions today were about Vladimir Putin. I don't know, folks, but stay tuned. Stinchfield's next, and we'll see you tomorrow. Many thanks. Thanks.